yourself a bowl of Kellogg's C-3PO's It's Saturday Morning Crunch. We review the Saturday morning cartoons as nominated by you, and boy, did that theme song suck. I'm your host, Kyle Von Kubik, and I'm joined along with... Uh, I'm Johnny Capcom, and I watched a version without the theme song. <laughs> oh, very good. Good for you. And we have a special guest. Oh, hey guys, it's Peter Griffith. Hey, you're not allowed on this show! You're on the other <laughs> one with Sonic! <laughs> Sorry, I, I heard you guys are talking about Star Wars, and uh, I I couldn't help, uh, you know, jump in platforms here. I watched the episode without the soundtrack, and then I went back and listened to it with the soundtrack, like the theme song. Yeah, I love the theme song. Do you really? I really do. I oh seeked it out, yeah. It's like something they would play on a soft rock radio station. <laughs> Put kids to sleep. No need to discuss it any further. You be the judge. You just heard it at the top of this show. Uh, we're also joined with special guest and thank you very much for being uh, on call at such short notice. R2-D2! Exterminate! That's a weird energy to bring to the show. Anyway, we're talking Star Wars droids, the adventures of R2-D2 and C-3PO. This episode we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 1, The White Witch. It premiered September 7th, 1985. Uh, the series had a total of one seasons. <laughs> Market quality. Yes. 13 episodes plus one special. It was, it was put out by Nelvana and Lucasfilm. And of course, because we're talking Star Wars, it falls in the category of sci-fi adventure. Okay, I was going to say, it feels very much like a backyard uh, version of Star Wars. Uh, like, it just feels like a kid is playing with his Star Wars action figures and then some other toys that he had. Like, the design of the world has a lot of Star yeah. Wars to it, but the design of the other characters obviously is very, um, I, I don't want to say abstract for lack of a better word. I, um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and uh, I think I know why, which we'll, we'll probably dive into a little bit later. But uh, it's I, I actually, I liked it. I mean, not to spoil the end of the show. Ah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there you have it. <laughs> It's definitely different. And I kind of wish that uh, Disney would remaster it and put it up under a streaming service so you could watch it, you know, not in... Higher quality. 240p or whatever it is. So this show is based on the holiday special cartoon, which is the only good part of watching the holiday special. And I think the only part of the holiday special Wait, that's it's, ever... Wait, it's not watching Chewbacca's grandpa get a boner? No, that's the second best part of the holiday special. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the third part of the holiday special that's best is probably B. Arthur. Yes. Um, but that cartoon is the only thing that is official. Uh, they put yeah. that on a special feature on one of the one of the many versions of the, uh, the films. But I also think it was designed to keep Star Wars continuing. After Return of the Jedi, they still wanted people, you know, enjoying those characters in that world. Sure. It did have a very small small tour line i don't ever remember seeing them in the stores uh, yeah. i don't know if you guys saw them or remember them um no no i don't i didn't remember the show at all <laughs> oh yeah well i mean that's probably why they're very collectible um they're yeah. highly sought after especially the vic vlicks uh, i think he's in the episode that figure goes for a lot of money command a, a high dollar on the uh collectible market some of the figures were recycled from the kenner star wars line so there's a few pilots in there that have been reused i think there's a few figures that are only in brazil and i remember oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite country. Yeah, they, they start playing with them right now. I remember as a kid playing with a lightsaber toy from the show, and it had the droids like logo on it, and it was like one of the first times I ever huh. played with a lightsaber toy. I guarantee you, okay, you can already get the new Dune movie on Laserdisc in Brazil. 
Like it's <laughs> we'll never get tired of doing this bit. <laughs> I love I like Brazil is an amazing Brazil is country awesome, by the way. Yeah. In that regard, like it's so cool how like the past and the present all exist together all at once and it's all um s- slightly bootlegged as well. It's just pity their president is, you know, a cartoon tyrant. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> that might make that might make sense. <laughs> yeah. I do know also in 1985 that Marvel put out a series, or I don't, it might have been another brand, like a subsidiary of Marvel, their JLN, if you will, put out a series of comic books tied into this show. Oh, Star! The imprint was Star Comics. Star mm-hmm. Comics. Thanks. Coming this fall. R2-D2, what are you doing? Oh, Mad Droid! Mad Droid! The news is out, and everyone's excited. Droids are with us. Saturdays this fall. You'll love it! All right, so I already expressed that I was not familiar with this cartoon show at all. Did either of you have any personal history with it? Uh, well, no, as I've said uh, previous times, I, I don't watch cartoons. I don't like them. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Naturally, I didn't watch this, uh, but I I think I was two months old when this uh, show debuted. Um, yeah, which to, makes it right around. I should it should have been on television in Ireland in like nineteen ninety two because that's how far back we were at that time. Um, it's like I always say before. I kind of feel grateful that Ireland was like behind the times economically and technologically. Uh, because it meant I got to play like all the seventies and eighties arcade games uh, right. in, in the nineties, uh, along with the nineties stuff. But uh, no, I I would have watched this, uh, but I I seem to think like I seem to remember uh, Star Wars was kind of cold in the early nineties. You know, yeah, it felt yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like an older thing, and I used to I kind of enjoyed it peripherally. But it was much later, I think it was like 12 or whatever, when I first actually sat down and watched the films. Uh, and I think that was because the special editions came out. But uh, Yeah, yeah. The um, I mean, because I'm a big Star Wars nerd, back in the 90s, you're right, it was cold. Like, there was a, there was maybe a role-playing game, and um, they... Oh, re- yeah. I, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I remember that lurking in... <laughs> When I was lurking in hobby shops, I, there, it was old too at that point. Yeah, and that was kind of it. Yeah, that I saw it. Yep. And then they had the yep. Bendem figures, you know, like the you know, like those little rubber guys. Yeah, garbage and toys. They're crappy, and but that was the only yeah. figures you had, and they re-released them all, looking like superheroes, to try to, you know, cash in on a little bit of that toy biz X Men mm-hmm. money. If you remember Shadows of the Empire. That was the test run to see if people were still interested in a Star yeah. Wars property, and there was a soundtrack for that that book for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Shadows of the Empire is such an interesting idea. It was this high concept, multi pronged marketing, multimedia campaign where we're going to put out toys, books, comics, a video game, a soundtrack, and I think it it succeeded in revitalizing the Star Wars brand. And then Kathleen Kennedy came and just knocked the balls <laughs> off it. <laughs> she's the one who does the... She's the producer from the last few years. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Is it any of that canon anymore? Is Dash Rendar dead? Is he still alive? All that stuff is... Well, they did everything for Shadows of the Empire, but film it. No, yeah. it, none of that is canon. None of the comic books Boo. are canon. Really? Are you really missing much? Because we're complaining about the droids cartoon. Uh, <laughs> I think I like the idea of, Sh- of Shadows of the Empire more than I like anything that it produced. Like, and, I like the idea of IG-88 yeah. and Boba Fett fighting. 
but like I don't want to read no a not 400 a, page novel. you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna get blasted for this but like a lot of the expanded universe which is now called legends a lot of it is crappy you know Luke at cl- Peter <laughs> underscore you can find graphic. me on Instagram.com <laughs> um a lot of it's crappy. Sorry. Like, there's the Yuzon Vong, which are basically just H.R. Geiger aliens show up near the tail end of all that, which doesn't make any sense. Han and Leia do have kids. They get Jedi powers and all that stuff. Luke, mm-hmm. and at some point, Luke has a clone of himself with an extra U in his name. So, like, let's calm down. <laughs> I didn't know that one. Yeah, let's calm down. <laughs> Chewie dies in a planet. Was he like, called Luke? Yes. At, yeah. There's some listen, there's some great stories in there, but the not of what's gems. It's and essentially what Kathleen Kennedy and what they're doing now is they're cherry picking the stuff that people liked and they're putting it back in. So right. uh Grand Admiral Thrawn is is in Rebels. So there's like you know, there's some stuff that they know fans enjoy and they're they're putting them back in at some point. To double back, I did watch this as a kid. Droids. Droids. Um Oh, okay. And, and it didn't it didn't click with me and I think it was a, because where the hell is Han, Luke, and Leia? And it's weird to hear C-3PO call some rando master. <laughs> well, that's the thing I couldn't... In the first few seconds when I was watching this, I was like, whose idea was it to make a fucking cartoon about the lamest Star Wars characters? <laughs> I mean, well, everybody I get- liked uh, R2-D2 because he was this kind of little tough rubbish bin. C-3PO is like, literally the worst character in Star Wars. Uh, everybody hates him. He's designed to be disliked. He's like well, this ultra sub robot. <laughs> Should be hey, called- no kink shaming on our show. I'll fucking shame whoever I like, alright? I was I was forced to be a Catholic when I was baptized. I'm bringing shame back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was saying they should have uh, should have renamed him to S one M nine because he's just a big fucking simp for every human. <laughs> I get the idea because the the original original Star Wars is from their perspective, and it's based on a movie called Hidden Fortress, which I'm sure you guys know. Yeah. Where it's like these two peasant characters are kind of like, you view this through their eyes. So maybe they were like, well, why don't we try to that again? And that, you know, since we're starting a whole new Star Wars thing, we'll put them in there. And everybody loves those cute robots. Yeah, um, when I started watching this, the Star Wars fan of me was like, I just have to know. This is me. I'm not making fun of anybody. This is my inner Star Wars voice. I just have to know where does this fall in the greater canon timeline? And so like a quick Google says that it falls between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But I want to pitch this at you guys. When do you really think it took place? Like, when they were making this cartoon? Because I know, like, retroactively, again, cherry-picking, moving things around so so the franchise makes sense overall. When they were animating this, do you think it was like... They didn't have the idea of prequels yet. No, I think it's I'm before this is, Well, You do think it... So you think it was a prequel? When did Return yeah. of the Jedi come out? Return of the Jedi is a 1983 film, John. Wow. Uh, by the time Return of the Jedi came out, they were numbering these things as four, five, and six. Am I correct on that one? No, I, I don't believe so. I believe the numbering started with the VHS release. Uh, See, because I, I thought think- there was a, re- a cinematic re-release no, of the original is. in like just before Empire Strikes Back came out, and they numbered it. And You're it correct. Was like episode four. Ah, okay, all right. Look, anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, they eventually ruined it. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter where it stars in the timeline. All right, and fucking I- midichlorians come along eventually and just scrap the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Let's discuss the plot of the first episode of Droids. My idea was C-3PO and R2-D2 travel to the most dangerous 
uh, universe of all the French sci-fi universe because <laughs> I mean this is, show is very clearly uh, influenced by Mobius and by mm-hmm. heavy metal and mm-hmm. uh, humanoids and all that kind of stuff and that's the thing I enjoyed about it was that like the plot is very simple like it's they run into these two new humans that C-3PO immediately bends over for <laughs> <laughs> And Which is funny because like 90s. he's much, he's much more sorry. animated on this show to be able to bend over than he ever. Yeah, was he is, he's very flexible. <laughs> if this show was made today, he wouldn't say master. He go, oh, daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he, him and R two D two crash land, I believe, on Tatooine. Although I'm not sure if they ever say Tatooine, but it's a desert planet, and Jabba the Hutt is brought up, so I'm assuming it's Tatooine. And they run into a couple of uh, 1980s punks who <laughs> like to race land speeders. And uh, yeah, right away, C-3PO is all about that sub-life and uh, is happy that they have a new master. They are searching for masters. R2-D2 and C-3PO are already teamed up. That's why I was uh, I was thinking maybe they were like, oh, this happens after the last movie. Like, you know, they're just droids. It's like a toaster oven. You know, I don't need this anymore. No, but they were on Endor at the end of Return of the Jedi. True, true, yeah. They would have been left there. Uh, and C-3PO was a god to those little uh, fellas. Yeah. It's also weird that, I mean, maybe I missed something in the the way I watched it, but it's a cold open of, like, they crashed, and there's all this, like, debris falling on them. So something happened before we met up with them. Yeah. Which I thought was, like, a little weird. I wanted to kind of know more about that. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I asked when do you think this fell into the timeline when they were actually animating it, because I was like, maybe it was... Okay, well, we didn't see everything that happened when they crash-landed on Tatooine. It could have been a few days they were there, a few weeks they were there, and these are the adventures in between. I don't know. I didn't watch another episode past the first one. <laughs> well, a lot of it, too, is I think this show was serialized to a sense, so like there's a few episodes that were connected. They were kind of like get dropped off somewhere, and whoever was the you know the hero of the story was like, all right, guys, thanks so much, and then you know the droids would go off and do something else. So I thought maybe it was aired out of order, and that's why this is... Perhaps. I could be looking into it a little too much. Uh, yeah, I think that's with most Star Wars things. <laughs> the fans <laughs> of it, like, try to connect things that aren't there and that the people who created didn't give a shit enough to actually, like, build those bridges. That's the great thing about the fans, though, right? The Star Wars fans are the best. <laughs> the They've never, ever turned on each other. And, um... <laughs> even, even some of the actors in the films really enjoy being in them. Oh, yeah, Harrison Ford, uh, he clearly loves Star Wars. And he's Alec cert- Guinness. <laughs> Harrison Ford definitely doesn't resent his entire career, you know. And he, weirdly enough, like, Blade Runner seems to be the one that he put the most effort into when he came back for that. But he hated working on Blade Runner as I was well. going to say the narration, yeah, he put a lot of effort into that part. <laughs> and then I don't know, I just... I, I kind of force myself on an android and after that <laughs> uh, uh, he was crying or something and i don't know it's uh the, the work print version of blade runner actually is really interesting if you can uh, get your hands on it because I, I love blade runner so yeah i've seen that that like the music in that weird rapey scene with him and uh what's her name rachel uh, yeah robot. Mm-hmm. like the music is different and it takes on a very sinister undertone during us uh, whereas they like they play the love theme uh, over mm-hmm. in, in the other versions, but this they use like more dark sci-fi music. And you're like, oh, I do not like Deckard anymore. This uh, this is kind of which is that actually you know what I was just going on a tangent there to bring it back around to the heavy metal. 
yeah. movie. Uh, that's what's so surprising about this um, uh, style is that it's adapted for children, but like right. the heavy metal movie and the comics, very much not for children due to a lot of sexual content and a lot of sexual assault content. Uh, oh, yeah. I have that playing for the kids while I'm doing this. I have to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a it's a it's a thing. It's and it's a, there's a good lesson in there, which is don't put rape in your in your story. <laughs> Because you're probably not smart enough to do it right. There's plenty. Yeah. Pl- there's plenty of good works out there that feature rape as an element and sexual assault as an element, and they discuss yeah. the idea and they they earn the right to discuss the idea. Heavy metal, the movie, is not one of them. No, <laughs> and, not uh, at all. I, it's the, and like I want. It's one of the things that made me feel weird about this show is that like. I like heavy metal and I like the style, but I always feel a bit disgusted with myself because I'm writing off those elements, you know. And there's I, like, sorry, go ahead. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly how you feel. I I can't really finish that movie. There's something else. I think there's Fire and Ice. I have a hard time. Yeah, yeah. Watching that, I just kind of feel like it's inappropriate. <laughs> like I something about that. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. This is like a kid version of those type of like gritty 70s animation and they wanted to take those aesthetics but you make it family friendly yeah i've never liked that art style um friends for years how do you not like you know how do you you don't like back she's work how do you you know these adult cartoons and whatnot uh i just don't i i've never liked it i i don't and it's not i mean i don't like this the content element obviously we're talking about with the, the rapiness or rape or sexual assault that is in those uh, features, or particularly with heavy metal. I just never liked this look. You know, I thought I you were a Bakshi fan, though. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm on record <laughs> expressing my love for Bakshi's work. I appreciate the visual style, and it, I think it, it works with a Star Wars universe. It's just not my taste. But that said, it makes this show feel real dated. To me, though, and, and this is uh, about, about to get a little bit spicy here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I would prefer to see something like this mm-hmm. in Star Wars than to see, like, like I enjoyed the first J.J. Abrams movie, okay? Yeah. But it was him recycling the style of the older films. Yes. And what I didn't like about the Last Jedi, the... What was the guy who made it? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, all right? What I didn't like about what his movie was was that he was clearly trying to make his own Star Wars movie, but it was still trapped in the visual language of a traditional Star Wars film. And I think okay. if there, if that had been a visual departure and, like, a, a departure in every respect, like, if it had been right. trying to reinvent the wheel, I wouldn't necessarily have, like, disliked it. And mm. what I'm saying is, like, I'm... Fu- I, I'd be fine with anybody taking a complete left turn and running with the idea because ultimately those original Star Wars movies there's a lot weighing on them they're as a structural support for this entire universe like they're they're not meant to really support all that weight of all this expanded stuff because they're right. quite they're quite simple you know they're, they're very shallow in my opinion as well yeah yeah and like that's fine uh, I mean there's nothing wrong with that kind of no. simple matinee entertainment. I think that a big problem is, and I'm going to go off again here, and I apologize for that, but... Uh, it's more interesting than the droids cartoon. Please continue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, I, I want to... I, I don't mean to cut you off. I want to talk about the art direction comments, but I also have a lot to say about the Star Wars sequels. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I, I think the problem is, and I think I said this to you before, Kyle, is that yeah. a lot of people grew up with Star Wars as their favorite movies. 
mm-hmm. and never, they never replaced them when they became adults. But like they held on to Star Wars and then right. wanted Star Wars to grow up with them instead of, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I like Star Wars, clearly. Sure. I feel like there was a lot of people who just, a lot of people who are not really into movies, you know, and that's fair enough as well. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. that everybody has to be out there watching experimental <laughs> Korean films or whatever. Yeah. But for, it's, for- my that's, favorite film is Empire Strikes Back and 400 Blows, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, I think a lot of people pr- project Monsoon their Wedding and Return of the Jedi. Those are my two favorite films. <laughs> I can't decide. <laughs> but I think a lot of people project what they want out of movies onto Star uh-huh. Wars and onto these properties that they love, and that's why we end up with so many, uh, so much discord in regards to what these things should be. Because instead of it being the entertainment that we liked when we were children, it's this thing that we're now trying to decide the future of in the present. And it's just a fucking mess. That's what I liked about droids is that they have that lived in look. It is heavily influenced like Mobius uh, by Mobius, like you said, uh, especially those costumes. The scavenger in that really reminded me of Rey was not intentional, I'm sure. But a lot of Star Wars recycles itself. And they take a lot of unused concept art and they always throw it back in. There's a ton of stuff in Force Awakens that was unused from Jabba's Palace or some kind of cool archway that they liked from another movie that they never used Mm -hmm. and they threw it in there. It's a ton of that stuff. I happen to really enjoy the sequels and I think The Last Jedi is the best of the bunch because I think it realizes that those characters, Han, Luke, Leia, all the classic stuff, they can't be who they were 30 years ago in these old movies. I think a lot of them, especially the first two, is a commentary on living up to the legacy of being a Star Wars movie. And I think J.J. Abrams is a good director, but I don't think he's a closer. I think he's a fixer. They throw him in when you need, hey, Star Trek is on its last legs. What do we do? Right. Get J.J. Uh, and and, and uh, just to interject real quick, for the longest time, I said that his J.J.'s Star Trek movie was my favorite Star Wars movie since Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because I mean, the, there's nothing the, wrong with that. Right. I think yeah. it's a fun movie. And like yeah. the, the hardcore Trek guys were like, I can't believe you did that and this and this. And right. then you have the people like, how can how can Spock see a planet blowing up from... I don't care. I had yeah. a good time. <laughs> like, right. Right. It was fun to watch. And that's, that's what Star Trek wasn't for a long time. And I think The Force Awakens is fun to watch because it reminds you of what you like about Star Wars. It's like, get your ass in an X-Wing. You know, get your ass in a TIE fighter. There's a desert planet. It's not the one that you know of, but it's super fun. And here's a new robot that was cute, just like that last. And that's cool. I'm into that. I think that's why I actually enjoyed The Mandalorian. Yes. Is because it doesn't concern itself with those movies. Yeah. And that's that's fine. But I also think that The Mandalorian is different from, well, A, it wasn't around when they were making those movies. So I think the movies have a goal of getting new, getting new people in and get up trying to please hardcore Star Wars fans and that's fine but they also have a humongous budget where the mandalorian did not and i think that why that works a little bit better is because george lucas didn't have a huge budget budget when he made star wars yeah yeah. he had a lot of people breathing down his neck and saying like i'm not spending money on that thing it was also (laughs) the thing that i was saying about this show uh what i enjoyed which was was somebody doing something new something genuinely new that wasn't tied up in the mess of all this And, and really i mean there's two reasons why those why all this extra stuff exists one is the economics of it the companies want to make more money and two people want more stuff but they don't know what they want (laughs) ultimately until they get it see that's that's what i think the the star wars sequels aren't failed because of isn't because of what they are it's because they were answering those questions about the fans they made 
Force Awakens, which I think is a lot of fun and a great Star Wars movie, and then everyone's like, it's too much of the same. You blew up another Death Star. Yeah, what the this, hell is this? Right. And I remember seeing in the theaters going crazy. I saw that thing seven times in the theaters, and every time I saw it, people were like, psyched. And it was until the dust settled. <laughs> yeah, they, until the dust settled, they weren't really into it anymore. And I then, remember there'd have to episode- be a... No, there'd have to be way more nudity in it for me to see any film seven times. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. Kyle right, Ren wanted you getting that dick out if you want seven ticket impressions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Star Wars. So, <laughs> so I remember the, and, when Star Wars Episode One came out. Everybody in the theater was jazzed about it from the beginning to end. And then like a week later is when everyone was like, yeah, you know what? That sucked. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> And, and all those, started talking, I don't and like they talked about all the like, things that they didn't like, and now they hated it. And I've, I've gone on record saying, like, I spent a lot of my preteen years and, and early teen years just devouring anything Star Wars, reading up on all this stuff. And, you know, as an adult, what I've come to is, like, for a lot of the fans, it's just the lack of realization that the Star Wars in your mind is never going to be better than the Star Wars on that screen. And like Pete touched on, with the prequels and the sequels, the big issue with those is, okay, sure, George Lucas is at the helm of these movies, but he's not the scrappy director who wants to break out at this point. You know, he's got to pay child support. (laughs) And a lot of it. So he's got to make these movies and they got a big, big blockbusters. And now it's still designed by committee. And the same thing with these sequels. Like maybe there's a I don't disagree with what uh, you're saying, Pete, about um, gosh, what's the middle one called of the The last Jedi, the last Jedi. Uh, No, not the last. That's not the last. Oh, last Jedi. You're right. Is the middle one. You were thinking Um, it was called the last Skywalker. (laughs) No, you're thinking of Rise of Skywalker. I like the idea of, hey, I'm going to do it. You hired me to be a director. I'm going to do it my way. I like that. But at the end, that's not what we got anyway. Like, you still got designed by committee. You still got... He didn't get final which, say on that cut. Look, I want to... Which I think is hysterical, which are people like Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson, nobody listened to each other. You really think that they all sat in a room and they're like, hey, Ryan, do whatever you want. It's right. cool. No, they it's, didn't. It's, it's like... <laughs> billion dollar or more movie that's that's the thing and that's the problem with all of it is it you got away from the ensemble cast and the little story and 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 the the the, hey go down to the thrift store and get some electronic shit and spray paint it white like that's gone from these films and that's where the in my opinion the magic's lost but if i could just say this real quick i'm also in the camp where i liked Rebel One was that no? What, what Rogue was the, One? Oh, Rogue, Rogue One. one. <laughs> I liked Rogue One for this simple reason. In that film, there's this uh, blind character, and uh, he's not a Jedi, but he talks about the Force as a spiritual thing. And I was like, man, that right there, that bit in this film redacts all the craziness the midichlorians and all that nonsense it makes it this magical thing again because that's what it was right it was space wizards that's cool i like that and then everyone would just couldn't wait to crap in that movie's mouth <laughs> like, you know what's funny about i like that and- movie i thought that movie li- was pretty good and it, uh, as I- a star wars film i like that movie and i also like solo but i also think it's funny where it's you know, you had Force Awakens. Now we're, it's a different show. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Force Awakens and everyone was like, too same. You blew it. 
Then they have Rogue One, and it's like, hey, he bumped into that guy in the cantina. You guys see that? There's a giant ad over there. Check it right, out. Right. Here's a CG guy from the pilot, from the one of the pilots from A New Hope. What do you think? And everyone's like, I love it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what do you? <laughs> they shoehorn Darth Vader in there just for like the fans. Well, that was and uh, he's, that's always been my joke about. Uh, like, I'll say it again, just because uh, Peter, I don't think you've ever heard it. Um, oh no, no, Peter heard it. <laughs> The, no, no, the one about um, Darth Vader. I, like, I love the idea, right? That <laughs> he does, he does all that shit by the, you know, in the end where he does all these You're, forced yeah. lucha libre and he's throwing guys around the room. And like, I, I want to see a deleted scene where he walks out off and goes, "I'll tell you what, I'm fucking never doing that again." Uh, it's so <laughs> funny. He's like. He's, he's fucking terrifying and then an hour later he's like I can't even pick up this thing and fight Obi-Wan I'm so, I'm so yeah. exhausted he's like, and it's also funny it's like he's, he, he chased Lee and he's like this is a counselor ship where's the ambassador he should have been like Bitch, I saw you. I saw you go down the street. Like, I just saw has, you out my window. Has a window. Star Wars character ever said bitch in any <laughs> media? I, um, I, have a, I have a fan edit where they put James Earl Jones from some pimp movie. Oh, yeah, they that's, take uh, all that. There's the one where they put all the blood in it as well. Uh, yeah, and, War of the Stars. And yeah, at the I end of it, uh, Han Solo kills Darth Vader by shooting his shit yep, out of his yep. face. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. All right, we got to get back to droids. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Star Wars podcast. It's a Saturday morning cartoons podcast. All right, we've we've we got to wrap it up on on droids. All right, we can talk about Star Wars we, all day long. Are we doing and the question? I, I have Kyle. a child to raise. Yes. Are we doing the question? Are we doing the special question for? The, we are for always, the, always for the the people with all the the, the Teddy Biasis out there. Yes, yes. The members of the Hot Blooded Challenger Club will definitely still get their random encounter question, even though this show has gone much longer than it should have. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about the voice acting and sound design of droids. I think if it wasn't Anthony Daniels, it, it wouldn't work. So it's a good thing that it's actually Anthony Daniels. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as, as John points out in the notes, what else is Anthony Daniels really doing after Return of the Jedi? Yeah, it's like <laughs> a long drought uh, between Return of the Jedi and... He was in The Phantom Menace, wasn't he? He's oh, in sure. every single Star Wars movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. Including Solo. The- is he? Yep. What is he like a person? Uh, yeah. If you remember when they're breaking all those people out of that uh, those mines, yeah. Uh, and there's like a thin Wookie. He's the one who's yelling Sagwa. He's like calling that Wookie over like during the battle. That's him. oh, interesting. Anthony nice. Daniels to me is like the poor man's version of Robert England. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Robert England, similar thing. Only famous for one character, but seems way cooler. <laughs> also famous for being very mean to Kenny Baker. Who? Ah, uh, yeah, I've yeah. heard that rumor too. Yeah, that that's verifiable. I guess Kenny Baker came out and said that guy was a dick. Yeah, he was like that guy's a dick, and uh. Peter Mayhew was like, yeah, he treated him like a dick. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. And yet still, giving him roles in those Star Wars movies. Well, that's Hollywood. It's fine. It? <laughs> that, that's like that? I remember, and we've gone on so many tangents already, but, <laughs> but why not one more? I'm sorry. I remember way back when, when like the Simpsons cast was like, you got to pay us more. And I was like, I got to believe this many years in with this show, you could can all of them 
and find some hungry 30-year-old voice actors who could do, or just two, who could do all the voices of these characters for half the cost. Who like, is well, You don't have to put up with Anthony Daniels' bullshit because of Star Wars fans. I bet there are people who've met, met him at plenty of conventions, though. Like, Anthony Daniels has to put up with, like, a lot, I'd say, at conventions. People come up and going, oh, hey, Anthony, it's been a while. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh... Because the, the convention scene is like a human zoo at times. <laughs> uh, as somebody who's uh, ran a table at a convention, <laughs> I can say that, yes, that is true. And Pete has also worked at conventions and knows that is also true. Yeah, yeah I have. And way before the pandemic, this is the truth, I would come home from a convention. Not I, I have a, uh, a downstairs shower with a exterior entrance there used to be an apartment in my house um so I, I i would go down there and towel off clean up shower off like i was being contaminated <laughs> like i was in a pandemic because i was afraid of getting what me and my friends called cheeto lung <laughs> which is just like the con flu because there was just you know you had so many people and there's different levels of hygiene and just you know a lot of those convention centers or hotel ballrooms there's not really great ventilation so it's very common when you would work conventions you'd get sick so yeah i was doing yeah. the like outbreak washdown before covid because of conventions so i was prepped thank you conventions yeah. <laughs> and we all we miss you very much <laughs> the first convention i ever went to uh, warwick davis was at actually yeah i mean Seems like he's living his life. <laughs> yeah, I met Kenny Baker at a convention. He was a really nice guy. He was a very sweet guy. I remember, and this is very local, but people remember this convention. There used to be a convention on Long Island called Icon. That's and where it I met was him, like yeah. The biggest convention. And I walked past Peter Molyneux eating a slice of pizza, had no idea who that fool was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that man's very tall, and kept walking. <laughs> Peter Molyneux, the guy who made black and white. I'm sorry, Peter Mayhew. Hey, look. <laughs> I was going, he's not tall. He's know. just like an average height British game developer. <laughs> is, is this another one of Peter Molyneux's lies? He's I wouldn't have recognized him either. I'm leaving it in. I don't care. It's been a long three weeks for me. I'm leaving that in. We all had a good laugh at my expense. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, sound design. That's what we're talking about right, right now, <laughs> voice acting. Uh, I thought all the voice actors did a pretty good job, at least with the video that I watched. The mix was a little off where, like, the sound effects and music were just too hot in the beginning, and I had some difficulty hearing C-3PO when he was talking. It kind of leveled out midway through. The music is pretty unremarkable, with the exception of uh, a few moments during uh, the night scenes where they kind of have like a Metroid vibe, and I, I dug that. Uh, but otherwise, I didn't think there was much there. To I was actually kind of surprised between the intro song and the music that was played during the cartoon because Star Wars really is associated with this bombastic orchestral music. And I know it's a Saturday morning cartoon, but still, like, it just didn't have that energy for me. The, uh, as far as the voice acting goes, I... Actually, I liked a lot of the cast, and it reminded me of like the NPCs in Nice the Old Republic. Yep, you're, you know, I, I'm you're, with you on that one. Your BC level voice actors doing a lot of uh, doing a phone book read. Yeah, and I think I've said before, I think Nice the Old Republic. That's just a great time. You know, that's I, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It's so great. 
It's it's really great. I, I was playing it on, it my, is. on my iPad like a, a couple of months ago. I was like, it's still great, even though I'm just I'm actually having to use a touchscreen control to play it. Mm-hmm. Like it's still great despite that. Yeah, that's so. I kind of got a flashback to that, and especially the like the villains. They were that kind of pure surface, you know, no depth yeah. to the to the, to their villainy. Just like I'm a bad person. <laughs> and uh, Darth Revan's awesome, <laughs> but you know, no, but you know when you're running, you're talking to the like the shitty people, the merchants and stuff. And, oh, those uh, guys are yeah, they're just, you know, they're yeah. just like, hey, why don't you bite me some illegal things? And uh, yeah. You got any death sticks? <laughs> yeah, I just really like being a jerk to some of those people. It's just great. Eat, Lofi. Eat. We'll be right back. The Hot-Blooded Challenger Club podcasts are a proud affiliate of Animation Legends. Head on over to animationlegends.com and scope the large assortment of animation cells they're offering. Own a piece of animation history. For just $25, you can get five different cells from some of your favorite animated shows. Shows like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Vampire Hunter D, Captain N, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Star Wars Ewoks, and many other. And you can pay even less with our special promo code RINGS at checkout. That's R-I-N-G-S. Go to animationlegends.com or click the link in this show's description and tell them that the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club sent you with our promo code RINGS. Oh, hey there, listener. I didn't see you come in. Well, since you're here, let me personally thank you for listening to this program. If you'd like to show your support a little bit further, check out the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club. That's hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. And with that dollar, you get access, early access, to premium episodes of this very podcast. What's a premium episode? Additional content that's cut just for club members. You could be listening to that instead of this advertisement right now. And hey, don't have the buck, but want to support the show? Leave us a five-star review on your podcast catcher of choice. Honestly, it it goes so far to help our algorithm, so one day you could hear me advertising for uh, comfortable underoos, or a really good mattress, or yet another subscription box. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get back to the show. Shake, Loki. Shake. Now back to our show. And we'd be like, here, here she is from the Parish of Ferns. It's Fidelma. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back. Hey, don't miss out on the laughs. Become a member of the Hot Blooded Challenger Club for as little as a dollar a month. Get more podcasts, get them early, and get exclusive content within those shows. HotBloodedChallenger.club. Gentlemen, we have to finish this episode. So let's give our final thoughts on droids. Uh, you know what? I would I would watch this again. And uh, you know, I probably have watched more episodes. I know there's one I think called The Great Heap about a giant droid junkyard. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think they're as bad as I remember. So maybe they're better now as the, uh, when I watched them as a kid. I just, I love Star Wars. So I'll watch anything with the Star Wars <laughs> Uh, logo on it apparently <laughs> uh, look it was it was i enjoyed the uh the aesthetic of it it's kind of exploring a, a more mundane side of the star wars world and mm-hmm. as a kid i always wanted if i was to write a character for myself to play it as a child i would have written the character of somebody who wasn't a jedi but did have a lightsaber 
So I appreciated right. that because one of the punks was just like, yeah, I got this lightsaber. So I always like the idea of being somebody, and this is very much my personality, where it's like, yeah, I've got your, I've got a sword, right? But I'm not part of your stupid fucking club, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when watching this, I did wonder where there was, where, where the billions of Star Wars YouTubers were to criticize Thal Jobin, who's the punk you're referencing, and his ability to wield a lightsaber with no proper training. I mean, look, I... I if it was remastered properly, properly, I, I actually would probably give it a click if it was on Disney+. Plus. But yeah, so it was grand. That's the easiest way I can put it. Yeah, I thought it was fine, but honestly, this came out the same year as Thundercats and two years after G.I. Joe Real American Heroes. And comparing it to those contemporaries, this just seems so dated. I might have been more inclined to give it a higher ranking uh, in serials because I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. If it was like something that came out in the late 70s, early 80s, because art influence aside with the whole heavy metal aesthetic, to me, it felt very similar to like the 1975 Star Trek cartoon, which was equally boring, in my opinion, <laughs> and leans way too heavily on the franchise in lieu of creating content of merit, like most Star Wars and Star Trek things. Zing! Hey, hey no. There's more good Star Trek than bad Star Trek. Opinions vary. <laughs> all right uh john cereal bowl ranking uh, i want to say i gave it a seven because i it's fine <laughs> you know it's i wasn't bored and that's kind okay. of a i always appreciate that uh, the film critic joe bob briggs he always said like listen i i know uh my only requirement from a film is that it's not boring and this wasn't boring, like Conan and the Young Adventurers or whatever. It was interesting looking, and it kept my attention throughout. Uh, will I watch it again? More than likely not. But I said if I would click on it if it was remastered properly. But uh, yeah, it was fine. I'd give it a 7. Heck, I'd give it 8 out of 10 3PO serial. Yeah. yeah, I liked it. Uh, I, uh, I especially liked the intro <laughs> and the theme. I would probably I- watch that again more than a full episode. Um, and I would cut the paper mask on the back of the box and wear it and <laughs> piss somebody off. <laughs> you ruined it. It has no value now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just about does it for us. I'd like to thank our host for joining me on this episode and also the members of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, without whom this podcast is not possible. If you'd like to become a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club, visit hotbloodedchallenger.club. You can nominate a Saturday morning cartoon for us to discuss by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher with your nomination. And you can fast-track that nomination by becoming... Yeah, a member of the Hot-Blooded Challenger Club for as little as a buck a month. With all that said, hey, join us next time, because we're talking Ewoks and more Star Wars. All right, all right. Okay, Polly, you ready to play a little bit of music? No. Now, this is the Nick Winter Show, and I do the entertaining, thank you. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. Ah, Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Ah, Star Wars. If they should bar wars, please let these Star Wars stay. And hey, 
How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah, Star Wars! Those near and far war! My seventh winner up here!